We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. With more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app. Presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I mean, Sam's definitely put himself in a position to be able to help us next year. And I think he knows that. I think he pitches like that. Talking about like confidence in himself and the ability to continue to go out and put up zeros. I mean, a lot of guys come to mind about being really good in the second half, but his performances night in and night out have stood out to me. Really nice job of controlling the game today in and out, you know, I thought he was efficient. Other than a couple of two-out walks there, I thought he was had a really clean game. Welcome back inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score, or on your free Odyssey app. David Hall, Bruce Levine here for another hour. We've got Jason Hayward coming up at 1030. We're talking about which team might be closer to winning a championship or competing for one legitimately here on the first day of October, a month we thought would last longer in town, but it is the last weekend of the regular season that ends mercifully for the White Sox this week. And uh, with the Cubs, they have some hope, Bruce, because they welcome in some prospects over the weekend for a prospect camp. And you see guys like Pete Crow Armstrong, who won a championship at South Bend and had uh, 46 extra base hits and 32 stolen bases. A guy like Matt Mervis, who was a revelation, 36 home runs uh, throughout the minors. And also Alexander Canario had 37 So, Bruce, I ask you this, with the young pitching infrastructure and the position players on the way and the Cubs' commitment to spend this offseason, is there an argument that is legit to think that you could say the Cubs are closer to a title as this season comes to a close than the White Sox? Oh, boy, that's a long bridge. I don't know if I can cross that whole bridge uh, right now. It's a really good question, David. Uh, be, because uh, there are a lot of good things happening on the north side, um, you can't not you cannot ignore the fact uh, that position player wise, for the Chicago Cubs, there's still hard to identify a team out there. Okay, I mean, who would you identify as your starting third baseman, your starting second baseman, your starting first baseman, your starting catcher? You're starting left fielder, center fielder, right fielder, right fielder, you know. But who would you identify those other positions at in 2024? Not next year. 2024. In 2024? Okay, I'm going, I'm going with uh, Hap, Arms, Crow Armstrong, and Suzuki. Hap will That's be a free outfield. agent. He'll, have, he'll be a free agent after next year. Who's that? Hap. Hap? You're going to extend him in the offseason. you got to make a commitment somewhere about how you, how you draft and develop players. He's got to be the difference 
okay. he, this time. You can't let another guy walk out of town. Your third baseman you're going to buy, you're going to go out and either get Correa or Bogarts, and you're going to play one of those guys there. you got Nico, part of the future. You've got first base. That's a good question. I don't know what they're going to do there. Catcher, that's a mess because of Contreras issues. There are issues, Bruce, but when you have good, strong, young pitching, I think that answers a lot of those questions, and if it's as good as it could be, Look, we're talking at the best-case scenario here. Best-case scenario is that pitching carries the Cubs and answers a lot of the questions that you may still have about the positional groups. Now, I mean, last year this time we were talking about Adbert Elsley being uh, the, uh, you know, vying for uh, one of the starting rotation jobs, right? And that uh, he was the number one pitcher in the organization along with uh, Marquez, right? Uh, so... From from all of that, uh, what a difference a year can make, right? Uh, yeah. good, good news. It's good news that young pitchers are coming along and Steele and Thompson have certainly advanced. I mean, from 2021 through this year, you can safely say that, that Steele and Thompson are viable major league pitchers. You can really – you can say that. And, and I wonder about Wesniski and, and Sampson now. And, and well, now what about Assad? So these are well, good that's, questions. That's, that's – I mean, they're, they've pitched well. That's all you can say about them right now, okay? Okay. I, I think Samson, you know, he's had a hell of a September. At age 30, you know, I mean, I give him and the pitching people with the Cubs a tremendous amount of credit for uh, having gotten in there and, uh, and gotten the very best out of him. The other two guys, you know, we're, we're going to have to wait and see. They, they certainly are viable. They're not afraid to throw strikes. That's the first thing I look for when pitchers come up from the minor leagues, David. Are they throwing strikes? Are they uh, getting people out? Are they going back out there repeating, uh, you know, their uh, ability to uh, get on the mound and look like major league pitchers? They've done that. I, I give them an awful lot of credit about it. Uh, but from the perspective, are they uh, – future, you know, rotation guys, you know, that's year to year, injury to injury. I think the great thing about the Cubs organization right now is they're building depth. They're building depth. And it gets back to your main point of this conversation is who is closer to going to a World Series, the White Sox or the Cubs? And to be honest with you, I can't answer that question right now. All right. I'm not suggesting that any Cub executive would be so overconfident to say, call me after the parade. I'm just saying that the arrow is pointing in the right direction. Let's go out to the phone lines. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Paul is in Valparaiso. Good morning, Paul. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Good morning, fellas. Uh, great show as always. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, you guys kind of touched on a lot of, a lot of the points that I was uh, – gonna make but i mean i think yeah i think the willingness to spend is one thing i think the socks in a situation where they and whatever six payroll in baseball i think that's gonna make the lack of success is gonna probably make reinsdorf peel back a little bit on that whereas i think the cubs are only gonna spend more money but guys to me this goes back to bruce you bruce you just said it depth i mean really the, everyone tore down those trades and said it was terrible and ricketts didn't want to spend money but now you're starting to see the fruits of that labor and i think the other thing is the development of these guys. Yes, the first the first regime, the first rebuild, they got top of the line, you know, top five, top ten picks that were kind of major league ready after a couple of years in the minor leagues. Whereas this, I think they're going to develop more guys like Morrell. I don't think anyone expected Nico Horner to be an almost five-war shortstop. I mean, even he was a low first-round pick, even though he's got good baseball IQ and he's a good player. 
But you said it, Pete Crow Armstrong, guys that they're bringing in, there's, there's, a, there's a balance with lefties and righties. There's more speed. There's more defensive you know, you know, opportunities to be defensive players. I just think the farm system is huge, and then they're going to build around that with money. I think Ricketts will definitely spend money. So I'd say right now probably slightly the Cubs ahead as far as you know, a chance to win a World Series. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate the phone call. Bruce, the Cubs are – you have made this comparison before, and I think it's a, it's a valid one, to the 2014 Cubs. That team was 73-89 and 89 under Rick Renteria. This Cub team is right now, as we speak, 71-86. and 86. Very similar, and I think they have put themselves in a position to make this a worthy conversation and more than just folly because of some of the reasons that Paul cited and also because of the direction and the management of David Ross. Yeah, the difference, obviously, in this rebuild is that it's uh, more pitching-oriented that we're seeing rather than position player-wise. The previous one was Schwarber, it was Bryant, it was, um, you know, at the time, it was Castro, uh, it was, uh, you know, Rizzo. The, these, were, these were tremendously talented young position players coming through the organization. You already had Contreras ready by 2016. Uh, and, and then you had uh, Baez uh, ready there. So from the perspective of, uh, you know, they hit on a lot of number one picks. Contreras and Baez came from uh, the prior uh, group before uh, Epstein and Hoyer with, uh, with Hendry. And, uh, and uh, they were still there many years later. So it's pitching now that you're looking at. And, and that's that's to be honest with you, you know, two years ago when I ta- when I talked to uh, Tom Ricketts uh, uh, about the team, he said, you know, well, we're we're done spending money for a short period of time. We will spend money and a lot of it when it's the right time. He said, but right now we, the first thing we have to do is build up our minor league system, and that's what they're doing. Speaking of spending money, the Mets have done that. That's where we find our next caller out in Queens, New York, Ben listening on the Odyssey app. Good morning, Ben. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Guys, love your show. Listen 52 weeks a year. Absolutely love it. I'm a scorehead for life. I just wanted to – I have a couple things to say, and then I got a question, see if I can stump the panel. First of all, baseball has had a great year. It's had a great year with the Pujol 700, with Aaron Judge going for 62, with Seattle getting back, with the Yankees being good. You have a possible Mets-Dodgers NLCS. It's been a great year for baseball. I, I don't care about people who couldn't see it live on Apple TV. That's not the point. It's been a great year. And the Cubs, I've been thinking about this all week. I was going to call up. The Cubs are the next team in Chicago to win a championship. And let me tell you why. The Cubs had an awesome year this year. Forget about the record. They did a lot of important things. One, they found out about the players in their system. There were questions going into the season. Is Nico Horner an everyday player? Can Ian Happ put it together for full season? Yes and yes. Can we play well without Contreras? The truth is yes. Down the stretch, now that Contreras hasn't been playing with the addition of Fran Mil Reyes and his unmitigated power, I think that the Cubs have solved that situation. Plus that Jan Gobes is not chopped liver. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. And you've found P.J. Higgins, who actually has tools. P.J. Higgins is part of a cadre of all these pieces you've found out this season that actually work in the big, big leagues. Wisniewski, of course, uh, Steele and Thompson, like you said, Bruce, they have proven their major league pitchers. Wisniewski, I think, is a piece. I think Samson is a piece. I think Morell is a piece. Um, and then 
you know, you have all this good news coming up from the minors. In the past 60 years, the Cubs have only developed two left-handed power hitters, okay, Billy Williams and Kyle Schwarber. Now you got Pete Crow Armstrong, you got Matt Mervis, you got Owen Casey, you got all these people coming up. I'm thinking 2024, 20, 2025. And now listen to this. I took the Cubs at, at over 75.5 wins. That is still in play. And that maybe. is. Yep. Maybe, but it's still in play mathematically. I, I don't know if yep. it'll come in, but just the fact that it's in play is a minor miracle, and that gives credit to Ross. Okay, here's my question to you. Say, yes, Suzuki, 1.7 wins. Uh, wins above replacement leads Cubs rookies. Who is second in wins above replacement? Don't look at the internet. Brandon Hughes. Ah, oh, you got it. Another, but another piece who was never ever on the radar, and he is major league ready. I'm telling you, Thanks, I love ben. the Cubbies. I love the way they do it. I love you guys. Take care. Bye. Great stuff. We haven't, we haven't talked about Morel yet. That exactly, Christopher Morel. And by the way, Bruce, Fred Mill Reyes. And his unmitigated power, I think that was a great group I saw at the Metro last, uh, last month. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a description. Yeah, Ben makes a lot of strong points. There's a lot of enthusiasm. There are a lot of young players. I mentioned Brandon Hughes because that came to mind immediately. I've been on uh, him and to the point where getting sort of teased sometimes in the mornings because I like the transition that he has made from outfielder to bullpen piece in high-leverage situations. They trust him, and he's just indicative of the kind of pitching infrastructure that this team has moving forward. I, I guess the first thing that comes to my mind now after all this really good conversation and great calls and uh, the, the baseball acumen that you certainly bring to this show every week is, are we closer on all rebuilds now because the talent level – has slipped so dramatically in Major League Baseball. And by that, I mean we see, um, we see teams that are vying for the uh, wild card and then uh, a huge drop-off of the next 16 teams that are almost all interchangeable, you know, that, that they're all very close to the same type of talent, that with a couple of two, three moves in one direction or another, they could be the Phillies this year or the Padres this year or, um, uh, you know, the Brewers this year with just a few wins over uh, 80 vying for that that third wild card right now. So for from all of that, I would say it, it's it behooves teams now to do short or long term um, rebuilds because it's easier to get back into competition. That, that's just off the top of my head. The Dodgers and their dynasty would beg to differ, but Bruce, it's a very good point because there is a lot more, I think, attainable success, parity, if you will, if outside of Los Angeles. I think guys, that argument let, can let, be made. Let's be honest. Guys, guys that stink are starting in Major League Baseball all over the place, hitting 190 to 220, okay? I know batting average isn't a sexy number, but why'd but you bring if, up the White you, Sox, Bruce? <laughs> if you look, if you look at the batting averages, okay, take away the old man Bruce Levine batting average and go to OPS, and you see OPS is in the 500s starting every day, uh, two, three on a team, somewhere between 500 and 600, when the major league average is 700. Uh, and you see so few 800s and so, so many fewer 900s and beyond. 
So if you want to use the more modern numbers, which are tremendously viable, you can say that we are not going, we, we see a lot of great, talented young players out there, but we don't see a lot of great, talented lineups at this point in time. That is a great point by a curmudgeon. And I think that you definitely. Uh, I'd like you to I, introduce, I introduce me to that person. <laughs> Let's uh, squeeze in another phone call. Let's go to Lou, who is in his car. Lou, welcome inside the clubhouse. Thanks, guys. Really, got, really love your show. Uh, it, the question who's closer to uh, getting back to getting a World Series when the Cubs or the Sox? Uh, I, I say it's the White Sox, but I say it is up to the White Sox to decide who is closer. They need to retool. We all know that. And they need a new manager. If the manager makes any difference, one of the things they have got to do is stop this tradition of these incestuous hires, of constantly going back within the White Sox family. When I hear the name A.J. Brzezinski, it makes my skin crawl. He's never managed in the big leagues, and they're talking about World Series or bust. And, David, you brought up a name that Steve Stone brought up in your show this week. Bruce Bochy, to me, that was like a bombshell. That, that's, that's an opportunity to make up for not going after A.J. Hinch when you could have had him. You bring Bruce Bochy in, that culture changes so dramatically, so fast. And one more thing that they need as far as retooling, and this is a very unpopular opinion, but I, you got to let Abreu go because you've got too many – outfielders and DHs, as, as you've said all year long, and you bring Vaughn in and you make that outfield a better defensively, and they're not a big spending team. So that money that you're not going to spend on a brand new, you can use it somewhere else. So, Lou, I, yeah, I love a very good up. phone call. Thank you for making it. That's a very good point. And, Bruce, before we get to a break, the Abreu question looms over this organization. Ozzie Guillen made the comment the other day on the Mullion Haw Show. The White Sox have to think with their heads and not their hearts. He didn't say it directly, but the implication was these are going to be difficult decisions. Jose Abreu was one of them. Nobody demands or commands more respect in that clubhouse, maybe you know, in this town, baseball-wise, than Jose Abreu. What will they do with him? Who was the lead guy on signing Jose Abreu? I think that, that, that was I, Kenny I'll Williams. Correct. It, it was not. So it, it was it was Jerry Reinsdorf. Okay. Okay. He's the one. Uh, he's the one that uh, negotiated that deal with with uh, Abreu. Uh, Kenny Williams and Rickon were certainly by his side on it, but uh, Jerry was the one that wanted to give him the three-year contract. Okay. Uh, Abreu wanted more. The executives wanted to give uh, a two-year deal with an option. As it turned out, it was a very good three-year contract. So the question is, how do they approach this now, even though you can make a, a great argument for the fact, even though he hasn't slugged like you want him to, he's been their best player, and he posts every day, even though he's 34, 35 years old, and you want a young player to be p playing that position because uh, – Vaughn is playing out of position. Sheets is playing out of position. It brings down their defense. It's not an easy question to answer because uh, Breu is still a very viable major league player. Do you bring him back in a one-year deal and, and continue to go with the Vaughn and uh, Sheets outfield, knowing that uh, Jimenez is 
likely to be in the DH role more often the rest of his career? I don't know. You can't make progress by running in place, and I think bringing back the same pieces to this roster is running in place. I have as much respect for Jose Abreu as any player in town that I've covered in, in the last 20 years, but I don't know if him returning makes sense for a team that needs a transition with this roster, needs to change the, the way that they play baseball because of the little – they have too many DH duplicates. They have too many guys like Vaughn and Sheets and Aloy and Abreu that are base cloggers that are just not very – doesn't give your lineup or your manager that much flexibility, whoever is filling out that lineup card. All right, Bruce, we've got a break. This conversation will continue – we're going to be debating whether or not the White Sox should keep Jose Abreu until he's out of town or until he's resigned. So let's wait and see. But when we come back, another player in town who commands respect around the game in the city and is getting a, a big send-off today at Wrigley Field. Jason Hayward is scheduled to join us next here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio, 670 The Score and 670 thescorecom You mentioned that Ben is second time. What's it going to be like for you to say goodbye to Ben? <laughs> it's going to be heavy. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be emotional. Um, I think in twofold, I'm looking forward to being able to do that and to acknowledge them from the heart. But also, I think I'm really, really, really looking forward to coming back here with that group from 2016 and everyone receiving their flowers. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to having that moment with them. Uh, they deserve it. And I know the fans, you know, they, they can't wait for that to happen, but it's tough to move on, right? It's tough to go on and, and play somewhere else or, or start a new life away from here. And, and I just want them to come back and be a part of that, and I want to share that with them. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. David Hall, Bruce Levine, until 11 o'clock. That was the familiar voice of Jason Hayward, the Cubs outfielder, who was talking at a news conference the other day, the assembled Cubs media, saying goodbye, if you will, and the other chan another chance for a final send-off is today, a pregame ceremony planned to honor Jason Hayward, Bruce, and obviously the respect is obvious that he commands his uh, niche in Cubs history is carved deep because of the 2016 speech in Game 7. I have to ask you this, and we're trying to connect with him and looking forward to possibly getting to talk to Jason. It's unusual to part ways with a with a player in this manner, basically tell him that you are moving on without him and then honoring him on the way out. Very unusual, but also, also I think people believe very deserved. Well, it is. It, it is awkward. Uh, you know, Jason hasn't played since June. And, right. and, uh, and, the, and there were rumblings before he injured his knee you know, he wasn't having the type of season that you would expect. It, it looked like uh, he was hurting and, and probably keeping it to himself earlier than that because uh, he just wasn't able to run and didn't have the range that he is certainly known for and the great defensive skills that he's had in the past. So, um, you know, ever the warrior, he might have been hiding it from people for a while, the fact that uh, that knee was bothering him. But Nonetheless, uh, you know, a wonky ending to it is difficult. Uh, you know, we're, like we said, we're hoping to uh, we're hoping to, to to get a hold of him now and be able to talk to him. 
Can I just make an observation here before we, we try to connect? There are a lot of players in a lot of situations that after you inform that player that they no longer are part of the future, you wouldn't want to put them in front of a microphone. I'm not even – I'm certainly you wouldn't want to necessarily hold a, a ceremony, you know, thanking him for his uh, contributions over the years. But I think this just speaks to how much respect and how much trust that Jason Hayward has earned from the Cubs organization, and that is why they are willing to and, and able and now they're going to present him and give him a hero's send-off today at Wrigley Field before – their game against the Cincinnati Reds, and that brings us out to our guest hotline, sponsored by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, where we find Jason Hayward. Jason, thank you so much for joining us this morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, fellas. Thank you for having me. The, are you nervous? Chicago morning. Am I nervous? Are you nervous? nervous? Yeah. No, no I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say nervous. Just anxious. Similar feelings is is when you go step out there on the field before a game, especially a big one. Jason, I imagine when you step out there today, and again, uh, David and I are, are so pleased to have you on your uh, on an interview here with you uh, to, to be able to tell you um, and ask you some some great questions. We hope and to tell you uh, what a wonderful uh, experience it's been to have you in Chicago, to become friends with you, to watch you uh, help bring a championship to this city, and to uh, just see what you've done. Uh, as a great Chicagoan by uh, giving back the way that you have. So before we even start the interview, thank you for all that. It's just uh, it's just uh, great, and it's, it's a testament to you uh, and your family uh, as to uh, what uh, great person and player you've been here. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, man. That, that means so much. Um, you know, it's, it's been a pleasure. It's really been a pleasure for myself and my family. It's beautiful to be a part of uh, – know Chicago and and be a part of the growth for the city thank you I guess my uh, my my first question to you would be um and I when when Hoyer sat down with you and told you that uh this was going to be the end of your Cub career how did you internalize that and where where did you go thought-wise from there? I mean, it, it had to be a very difficult moment. Um, I I felt like the last you know, year and a half, I had already had an opportunity to see the direction the team was heading. Um, you know, a, a reset. You know, a start over, a, re- a rebuild, whatever you want to, whatever you want to define it as. And you know, I have. You know, a good, pretty good education on how this game works when you have a change of power, so to speak. You know, Theo steps down, Jed steps in um, into his new role. And on the business side, you have, you know, the players that, you know, were on our group, a bunch of guys that, you know, earned the right to be free agents and, and get to that point if, if nothing was agreed to beforehand. And, you know, you see them traded away last year. So I feel like it wasn't as much of a shock to me Um you know, maybe so if, if it was the next person. Um, so just having an opportunity to see that and, and kind of take that in leading up to my conversation with Jed, um, that was helpful. And you know, like I said the other day in my interview with, with everyone else, I appreciated him sitting down and, and giving me the real, you know, just, just being real about their expectation and, um, you know, also allowing me to take the time to, to get healthy and, 
and not push through something that, that would hinder me having an opportunity to go play next year and, and have a fresh start somewhere else with a team that's trying to win. So, Jason, you've been in pro sports a long time, and so maybe you can speak to this better than we can. How unusual is it to sit down with an executive and get the real, as you uh, described it, from Jed Hoyer and then be given a platform to describe your emotions in this moment and to reflect on your experiences here, which have been, you know, obviously mostly good. You were part of uh, a great time in Cub history, but they haven't all been positive. So I guess how would you describe the unorthodox nature of your goodbye? Um, well, I think that for anyone listening, I think that's a great question. And first off, you know, this has been 13 years, and I'm 33 years old now. Um, 13 years at the major league level, been playing the game since I was five. If you're fortunate enough to play baseball that long into your life and and have it be meaningful, you're going to have some negativity. That's just a part of this damn game. Um, but being able to sit down with an executive, someone who's been accomplished uh, like Jed, uh, being a part of the organization that I chose to come to as a free agent, you know, it's you know, it's a humbling experience. You know, you rather it be that way. I rather it be that way. Hearing good, bad, or indifferent, whatever news that they have to bring, and just being in an opportunity where you know, again, the team right now, you know, they're not you know necessarily you know in their minds in a position to to go win. Of course, out of contention at the moment, um, as far as the standings go. And so, in my mind, if I'm not stepping on the field to win, and and that's not what their intentions are. If that's the moment in time that they're asking me to move on, then I'm okay with that. I, I'd rather that than them say, you know, we don't want you to be a part of the team that, that won it all in, in 2016. We don't want you to be a part of the, you know, the group of guys that comes back in 17, 18, 19, you know, to, to give it our best shot at trying to get something done. So I would say it was a humbling experience. And, and again, like he didn't have to do it that way. Uh, I know it doesn't happen the same way everywhere. Everyone's different, but – as you guys, you know, kind of alluded to, related to, like, you know, that's something that I've earned. And I feel like, you know, in life and in sports, you do give what you get. And being a professional, I earned that conversation and sit down with Jed. Jason Hayward joining us for a few more minutes on Inside the Clubhouse. He's David Hall and Bruce Levine. We talk baseball every Saturday for two hours on the score, 52 weeks out of the year. Jason, um, your name, when I hear your name, I, I the thing that's connected to it for me is winner. Uh, um, if if that's how other people look at you, uh, other than you know the gentleman you are and the great teammate you are, is that would that be satisfactory for you uh, leaving this organization and this experience? It, it definitely would be uh, satisfactory, and you know everyone. I mean, I, I welcome everyone to have their opinions. That's that's life. That's that's the real. And I feel like we should all have our opinions. But um, I will say it's it's a beautiful thing to be able to sit on the other side of this as a fan of baseball growing up to now having a career, now having had so many teammates, um, coaches, you know, playing for three organizations at this point. It's beautiful to have this perspective. And so another thing that I spoke on the other day was – winning has a new meaning and a new definition, new understanding, and that's sacrifice. Um, you know, I personally feel like everyone sets out to, you know, play this game for different reasons once you go onto the side of it and, and become, want to become a major leaguer. You know, I never personally set out to say I want to be a Hall of Famer. 
I never personally set out to say I wanted to be you know, the best player statistically on any team. That's that's never been who I am. You know, I always wanted to win. I always wanted to do whatever it took to win, and whether that's playing through injuries, whether that's you know move, moving someone over, um, you know on the bases instead of you know going for a base hit, uh, you know sacrificing my body on defense, base running, whatever that kind of stuff is. Uh, you no, know, I just wanted to win, and I've been very fortunate enough to be on a lot of great teams and play with a lot of sp- special players, but. To me, that's that's what my career has been about. That's what my mindset has been every day I step on that field. What can I do to win today, whether I'm 0 for 4 or 4 for 4? Jason, I imagine you will miss Chicago in the summertime and doing things like pulling your boat up to Chicago Cut or walking around Wrigleyville and just seeing the buzz around the neighborhood. But I also think it's interesting that you seem to be committed to remaining a part of the community and, in, and paying off the investment that you have made here, both in time and money and resources. And it just post-career, even if it's, it, you're not done playing yet, how, how committed are you to continuing some of the projects and some of the, the commitments that you have made here in the city? I will, I will most definitely miss that on the playing side as a Cub. Um, there's no better feeling than being a part of that buzz on a daily basis in this city. Um, you know, you talk about pulling up to Chicago Cud, enjoying Lake Michigan, the Chicago River, Riverwalk, um, Riverville, all those things. I think, you know, at some point there will be a new beginning and I'll be able to enjoy those, you know, in, in a different light. You know, of course, not as a, as a player for this team, but as far as the commitments go, um, you know, th- this is home. You know, I've spent, more years of my career here than, than any other place, even in my home hometown in, in Atlanta, playing for that team, being drafted by them. Um, you know, I've spent more time in Chicago. I, I feel like I've grown up in Chicago. You know, created family, have a son now, uh, you know, being a husband, making a commitment to them and to making the environment around us you know, a better place and, and being a part of that growth means the world to me. And so with the Jason Hayward Baseball Academy, with the uh, the other charities and nonprofits that, that we've been a part of, and just in you know in these last couple of years, I feel like they've been tough, obviously, on everyone as a whole across the world. But you know, this city with so many people, um, so many unique situations, um, you know, I feel like it's been awesome to be a part of you know, the pandemic and give back to be a part of the, you know, the social justice stuff and, and give back and contribute and just be, be somewhere where you understand people are in need and, and just acknowledge that and give back. And hopefully you can make a small difference, even if it's not, you know, the world difference, just, just being a part of that. So I'm, I'm all in fully committed on, on the city of Chicago and, and you know, those obligations that, you know, I've gladly created and you know, I can't wait to see what's ahead for the city. Jason, the volume of conversations that you and I have had over the last six years has been some baseball and about 80% other things about life (laughs) and about people, which has been a tremendous joy for me, and I thank you for that and your friendship. Uh, That leads me to my question, which is, of course, over the last two years during this rebuild, I've had 10, 12 15 different players saying uh, when I asked them who had the greatest impact on you and who was most supportive 
and it's always been Jason Hayward. When you hear that from people, regardless of uh, whether they're touted uh, superstars of the future or guys that are 30 years old coming in and trying to be a big leaguer for the first time, what does that mean to you when you hear that you have had an impact on them as a person and as a player uh, and, and that you're always the first name brought up? Um, you know, it, you know, th- those aren't, uh, those aren't things that Bruce, you know, that I ask for, I don't, I don't ask for that recognition. Uh, I feel like, you know, a lot of the, you know, whether it's leaders, you know, head of their household, family members, whatever that, those people are that want to be influencers and in, in a positive life, you know, we, we don't ask for recognition. Uh, I'm just grateful to have crossed their path, man. Um, Wrigley obviously is a special place. This this clubhouse is a special place. Um, you know, being a part of the group that, you know, was a big part of the turnaround. Um, you know, here on the north side, that's that's super special. But then to be able to impact people's lives that have come on, you know, after a lot of those memories and for them to know that I care. Um, for them to know that, you know, yeah, Jay has a reputation of, you know, being one of those guys that, you know, you can go to but for them to actually see it and, and feel it from me, I'm just grateful for their time. Just just being willing to listen and, and know that I'm here to help. And, you know, a lot of things, you know, can kind of get lost in translation when new people come onto your team or you go to a new team and, you know, things get sped up and everyone's trying to settle in, trying to gel, find, figure out where they fit in, all those kind of things. Well, I'm just glad that everyone knew that, uh, you know, coming across me, I I did my best to be very intentional with my time with them and respected them as human beings and wanted the best for them as well. So when we set out to compete on the field and off the field. Jason, thank you so much for your time. Well said, and I wish you the best of luck moving forward in all that you do. And uh, Jason, you, from my perspective, uh, uh, as a friend and as somebody that was always welcome at your cubicle and in your home being Wrigley Field uh, for all this time. I thank you uh, for that and uh, I value our uh, our friendship going forward and I will be there for you and hopefully we'll continue this on. Thank you again for joining us today. No, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Bruce, for everything, man. I- I've enjoyed it all. Like you said, look forward to you know, whatever's next and, and continuing our friendship. But, but thank you for taking the time to uh, to get to know me as a person and a ball player. Thanks so much, guys. Jason Hayward, Cub outfielder, going to be honored today at Wrigley Field. Cubs and Reds, 1245, right here on the score pregame. First pitch, 120. When we come back, we'll wrap things up here on Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse. Welcome back inside the clubhouse. David Hopper, Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock. Final segment here on Chicago Sports Radio 67 score. Bruce, Jason Hayward's a 33-year-old veteran. He isn't going to be back with the Cubs, but I wondered, you alluded to him you know, still playing. He wants to still play. Would it shock you if he's on a major league roster opening day for a team that's in contention that might want a defensive replacement, somebody as steady and as good in the clubhouse as he clearly would be? I don't know if that'll be satisfactory to him. We'll have to find out. If he finds out in a spring training invite or a contract that he signs 
that he's not Jason Hayward that uh, can help a team. I think he'd be the first one to take himself uh, up and say, uh, you know, I'm going to walk into that general manager's office and tell him uh, my career is over and thank you for the opportunity. I think he just wants to have one more healthy shot at it and then move on with the great life that he's uh, set for himself and the and all the wonderful things he's done for other people and his family. Bruce, in the final moment we have left, before we reconvene next Saturday for another episode of Inside the Clubhouse, next Saturday will we be talking about the White Sox managerial opening and candidates on a list to be interviewed? I think it's it's possible. Um, again, uh, Rick Hahn's going to sit down with the media here uh, next week as the, the White Sox close out their home season here. Uh against Minnesota. Uh, I, I expect that there will be some things answered somewhere will be told uh, as this plays out, we'll keep you informed as to what uh, our situation is. But I, I think, I think to- knowing Tony and knowing uh, Mr. Reinsdorf and the front office, I think they need to come to a quick uh, conclusion as to whether Tony is staying with them as manager in the front office and uh, get on to 2023. Speaking of quick, this show went fast. Boy, it was fun, and we have some people to thank. We do indeed. Uh, Jason Hayward, uh, certainly for a wonderful interview with us, uh, David, and what a career. Congratulations to him. Sean Sears, our producer, did a great job. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine, also on our website, 670thescore.com. David, uh, look forward to the conclusion of the season and the playoffs and talking to you next week. Have a great week, Bruce. I'll be back here Monday morning, 530, talking all things Bears on a Bears Monday on the score. This was a lot of fun. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you, Sean Sears, for producing. Thank you, Jason Hayward, for gracing us with your presence one last time. For Bruce Levine, I'm David Haw inside the clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Steve Rosenblum, is next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.